0: Shackles off my feet so I can dance I just wanna praise I just wanna praise Shackles on my feet, yeah They won't let me be Won't you set me free Pray this on me Shackles on my feet Oh, they won't let me be Won't you set me free Pray this on me, pray this on me. Let me go, let me go. Hey, 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 welcome to the Spiritually Fit Podcast. This is your host, Liz Davis, lover of my main man, Jesus, founder and CEO of His Temple Fitness Co., wife, mom of three, and exercise physiologist. Thank you all for tuning in. I'm so incredibly excited to be here with you guys today. And I feel so blessed to be along with you on your journey to becoming your best spiritually and physically fit self. So let's dive right into today. Today, we are continuing the series, Living for Jesus in Today's Society. This is episode two, um, and we are going to be talking about self-control, gluttony, and physical idols. Today's topic is one that none of us, myself included, really, really like talking about. It requires us to dig deep, maybe do some serious soul searching as to how and why we do some of the things we do. Today, we're talking about self-control, particularly when it comes to gluttony and overindulging, as well as self-control when it comes to exercise and viewing our bodies as an idol. And I took to Instagram to see what you guys wanted to hear about. And it seems like across the board, nutrition, uh, overindulging. And the behaviors around gluttony and self-control were ones that uh, rang true with all of you. Those were things that were highly requested. So when it comes to overindulging, this could even be pertaining to the obsession some of us start to feel with regards to chasing the perfect body, the ideal body, body goals, whatever you want to call it. Okay, um, and so I like to refer back to First Timothy 4, 8, which says for bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. So, yes, of course, physical health is important. I wouldn't be here if it weren't. I wouldn't be employed. I would not have been in this industry for so long if physical health were not important as corinthians 1 6 verses 19 through 20 okay in case you guys want to make note of that says our bodies are temples of the holy spirit who is in us and to therefore glorify god and honor god with our bodies okay but on the other hand we have also as a society become so consumed with our bodies what we put in them what we don't how much we exercise um, or how much we don't, what we look like, who we want to look like, again, who our body goals are. Um, and it's actually doing us more harm than good, not only physically, but spiritually as well. So let, let's break this out, okay? So we're going to talk about gluttony and overindulgence in our society, which is something I feel so strongly about. And I'm going to start by asking you guys a couple questions that I have written down um, just to get you thinking. So Question one, when you celebrate your birthday with your family or friends, what do you guys do? What, you know, what type of activities do you do? What does that day look like? What do you think of when you think of celebrating your birthday? Two, when you get a job promotion or something really exciting happens, um, what do you do after work or as a celebration with your friends and family? after getting that job promotion, after getting some kind of award, et cetera, et cetera. When someone in your family gets married, how do you celebrate? Think of all the events that surround a union and marriage. Um, What are the main things that come to your mind about the celebration or, or celebrations? Next question, when someone passes away, what do you do after the service? What do you do to show others you care after their family member passes away? Or their loved one passes away. When you are stressed and/or depressed, or anxious or sad, how do you unwind or take your mind off things? Do your friends or family take you out, and what does that look like? When you're rewarding yourself, final question: When you're rewarding yourself or others in your family, particularly if you have young children or grandchildren, okay, because that's the boat I'm in. I have three young children, ages two to nine. What do you use as incentives? For example, for being good, we're in the potty training stage, um, for doing well in school or sports, um, good report cards, etc. So my guess is that many, if not all, of the scenarios we just talked about center around food or drinks um, or going out to restaurants in some sort of way or bringing food in to the house for a party, etc. <clears throat> For birthday celebrations, we always get together and go out to eat, right? And so within our family, we have a lot of people. So a lot of times we'll so go out and do one big celebration for the month of August or September or whatever month it is for everybody whose birthday took place that month. I notice when something good happens in our lives, my knee-jerk reaction is to go out to eat or pick something up, pick up a special meal, one of our favorite meals, grab some champagne or wine to celebrate and toast. I've also noticed our entire family's tendencies to encourage things, for example, since I'm going through this right now, uh, potty training by promising candy or a treat of some sort or be good. And we'll get a cake pop where, I, where are my uh, coffee loving mom's at, right? So we have this tendency, like, if you do this, then we'll get you a special treat. And if you're good, food, food, food. But what are the psychological implications behind these behaviors? So to me, it seems as a society, food has become increasingly more of a reward rather than it being the fuel physiologically required to sustain us. It's become the main way we celebrate or reward behavior, especially good behavior, uh, of course, or accomplishments and milestones. It's also become a means of therapy or comfort when we go through hard times, a loss of a loved one, bad day at work, uh, a fight with a spouse, and so on. And gluttony is a sin, okay, that is often mocked or laughed at by many Christians, myself included, by saying things like, I love food. I love fries. I love cookies, or I eat my stresses away. We don't actually love food and we can't eat our stresses away, right? We just temporarily fill a void or use food to numb ourselves in a way, right? Cause love is an emotion that biblically is reserved for other humans, okay? And the love of objects like money. And food, therefore, become idols in our lives. And people always ask, okay, like, what's the actual sin when it comes to gluttony? And the sin of gluttony is, it's not the gluttony itself. It's the actual, it becomes an idolatry. Um, It's a choice to self-love, comfort, and control through food. First Corinthians 6.12 says, I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. Our society has become mastered, so to speak, by food, and it is no different than living together before marriage, alcoholism and drunkenness, extramarital affairs, right? Uh, other idolizing other humans or other gods, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, first Corinthians 7 says, do not be idolaters as some of them were, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. The Bible is very clear on where God stands when it comes to self-control, gluttony and making idols out of our food and our bodies. Okay. God is so serious about gluttony. Okay, it's going to get a little intense right here. God is so serious about gluttony that Proverbs 23, 2 literally says to put a knife to your throat if you are given to gluttony. Put a knife to your throat if you are given to gluttony. And I don't know about you, but when I read that, I feel like a child that's about to get a whooping whose parents are giving them the eye right now. Like, Yeah, keep keep stuff in your face, but in all seriousness, um... One of my favorite, a little less harsh scriptures on this topic is Philippians 3, 19 through 21, which says their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control Will transform our lowly bodies, earthly bodies, so that they will be like his glorious body in heaven, right? Gluttony and overindulgence is also witnessed in our society. I'm going to take a little pivot here and go into um, how it's witnessed in functional alcoholism. And we're going to do a future podcast on addictions and alcoholism. Um, But I want to touch on this topic since the Bible frequently puts together gluttony and drunkenness in in the same scriptures this this functional alcoholism, alcoholism in general is literally probably one of the worst things we can do to our bodies and yet society today has completely normalized it deuteronomy 21:20 20 says they shall be say excuse me they shall say to the elders this son of ours is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey us. He is a glutton and a drunkard. During the COVID-19 shutdowns, remember that? Back in 2020, the original shutdowns, weren't allowed to go to gyms or to the, we were shamed if we went to the grocery store to get healthy foods, but we sure as heck encouraged folks to stay home and deal with it. I'm air quoting here, deal with it by drinking. Here in Ohio, it was wine with wine. So you turn on the news and two o'clock, it was you drink a glass of wine while you listen to the governor talk about statistics and, and, and ways to avoid getting the COVID-19 virus. Restaurants started offering takeout alcoholic beverages. Alcohol as, a, as an industry soared. Like the money that came in from alcohol was, went astronomically high. We saw alcohol-related hospital admissions rise astronomically, and the rate of alcohol-related visits to the U.S. emergency departments increased by nearly 50%. Okay, this is, this is non-pandemic related, but pre-pandemic even, the rate of alcohol-related visits to the U.S. EDs increased by nearly 50% between 2006 and 2014, especially among females and drinkers who are middle-aged or older. So 30s, 40s. This was a study done by, this is according to a study done by the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism, um, which is a division actually of the NIH. Then during the pandemic, it became acceptable society, societally, to be drinking at all times of the day. And I got sucked in too, but now looking back, this drives me nuts because pre-pandemic, that was literally one of the signs that one of your friends or family members or coworker had trouble with drinking, right? Was they were drinking it in the morning or in the early afternoon, and you know the five o'clock somewhere saying um, was being thrown around in in way too lightly. A recent study published in the Journal of Alcohol and Al- Alcoholism also found that hospital referrals to a liver care center at Johns Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore for alcohol-related liver damage were up nearly 50% during the final months of 2020, compared to the same period a year prior. Here's another statistic. The USC Medical Center now saw a 20% increase in alcohol-related liver disease hospitalizations from the previous years during 2020. Um, And even prior to the pandemic, Excessive alcohol use was responsible for more than 140,000 deaths in the United States each year between 2015 and 2019, which is more than 380 deaths a day, is the leading, leading cause of preventable death in the United States. These statistics terrify me. Terrify me. And again, like I mentioned earlier, physical addiction. And the disease of alcoholism is different than overindulgence and gluttonous use of alcohol. So we'll get into that in addictions and more in a future episode, because I feel like God is calling me to talk more in depth about it and share other people's experiences with you guys. So I actually have a few guests that will be on that episode. And I like, let me just point out here the positive. I love, love, love that I'm seeing more and more people on social media, social media influencers promoting sober lifestyles more now than ever before. Um, And social media has been around for what, 20 years now. But back, I digress, (laughs) wanted to throw those stats in there because I know some people struggle with that. So if you do reach out um, and I'd be happy to find your resources, but back to gluttony and overindulgence of every kind. Uh, this type of physical abuse to our bodies is the exact opposite, I'm getting a little passionate here, exact opposite of what the Bible instructs us to do. Again, let me read 1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 through 20. This is what I base my whole mission on in, in this ministry and in, in my brand. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? I'm saying it like a chastising parent. Do you not know that your temp- bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? Who's in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Let me ask you how would your daily life look different if you were to always view your body as a temple to God? Like every single thought or decision was like, how how am I honoring my temple? I'm gonna ask you to pause this recording for a second and think about that. Truly think about it. Write it down. If you're driving, note the minute that this podcast is at and do this when you get home. Pause for a second and think about it. Write down the types of things that you would do or not do on a regular basis if you were always viewing your body as a temple to God. Psalm 1611 says, in your presence, there is fullness of joy. So what changes do you need to make in your life to be able to resist gluttony and experience that fullness and joy that God wants to give you? He wants you to seek him and his will first and not the temporary temporary fleshly pleasures of a good meal and or a bottle of wine. Another thing, another point I want to make is that our cravings also keep us distracted, distracted from God, from our marriage, from our careers, from our health, distracted from the true fulfillment that we get first from Christ. And then also from truly experiencing the joy and fulfillment that the event or celebration brings. So like Guys, are we truly celebrating the bride and groom, or are we just really excited to have a big old feast, an open bar, get smashed, all the things? Think about it. Really think about it. I want you to journal, when you get a second, times or experiences that are where you tend to overeat or drink, and then write down what it gives you. Is it peace? Is it joy? Is it happiness? Elation? Relaxation? Comfort. What do you feel when you order and finish your entire, what have we had recently? We had Chinese food, your entire dish versus just eating a little bit until you were physiologically satisfied, till your stomach was no longer hungry. So after you're done journaling that, unpause the recording and we're going to touch briefly on practices that can actually have the opposite effect of what we're trying to accomplish here. We don't want to become so consumed with food, with exercise, tracking our calories or points and Weight Watchers, whatever the case may be, because then it could lead to an obsession and even more idolatry. And it's just the enemy now disguising it in a different form, okay? Um, Still keeping you distracted from the full fulfillment and joy that you experience in Christ. This is where we need to shift our minds and our spirits from focusing so much of our energies into losing weight because of how we look. And it's hard. I will be the first to tell you. I was always one who participated in aesthetic sports like gymnastics and track and bodybuilding. So I personally know that this is, a, this is a Achilles heel for me too, but we need to shift our minds and our focus on why we want to truly be moving towards better health in mind, body, and spirit. Why? Not to look a certain way because this body, this is a car and this car is running, right? And this car is working and it's not going to look the same in 20, 30, 40 years, no matter what, no matter how well we take care of it, right? There's an expiration date on all of our bodies. So we have to be focusing on why we truly want to be moving towards better health. We want to live, right? We want to live that abundant life that the Bible talks about in John ten ten, where Jesus says, I come so that they have life and have it to the full. We wanna be able to play with our kids and our grandkids and not be hooked up to machines because our liver's shot. We got liver cirrhosis from drinking too much or we're on kidney dialysis because our kidney, our, yeah, our kidneys were, I was like, wait, what was I saying? Our diabetes got so bad that we trashed our kidneys. We want to set our sights on things above, not things of this world. And I know it's so hard. Again, I said this a few minutes ago. I know it's so hard to not focus on wanting to look good and wear a smaller size, wear the bikini. Trust me, again, I have spent a majority of my life stuck in this mindset. But let me reread 1 Timothy 4, 8, which says, For bodily training is of some value. Godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Amen? Amen. Eternity is a heck of a lot longer than our very brief little blink of an eye here on earth. Shift your mindset. Shift your focus. Shift your why. This is not easy but it can be done. Again, I suggest journaling because it's been such a huge game changer for me. Journaling through an app, uh, using my fitness pal, using my macros plus, um, keeping track of my food that way, journaling my thoughts and my feelings Also journaling my prayers for strength to change. And then also um, I use a journal to rewrite and repeat scriptures. Uh, Whenever my mind starts to get focused on my physical self, how I look, uh, how I, feel, you know, I want it to be more about that spiritual fulfillment. Okay. And shifting my focus from my body. Um, I also wanted to go back to the point where Jesus says, I come so that they have life and have to the full. Remember that nothing good or nothing bad, only good things come from God. Okay. When you feel, when you do overindulge and when you have, you know, that you've lost that self-control temporarily, the guilt that you feel that's not coming from God that's the enemy then trying to swoop in and steal, kill and destroy your joy. He's trying to tell you that you're a failure. This is never, you're never going to be able to make these changes. It's too hard, but nothing is too hard. And no temptation is ever too hard because God's got you. So again, I wanted to go back and talk about, of course, physical health is important. You want to take pride in how you look and honor your body, but we just want to avoid hyper-focusing on the visual aspects of things. It can be a huge distraction from the true mission and purpose of striving for better health. When I was competing in bodybuilding, which is at surface level can be a very deceiving sport, right? Someone looks lean, ripped, strong, but mentally it took me back, back to a very dark place um, of when I was a teenager competing in gymnastics, I became so obsessed with food, uh, to the uh, down to weighing and tracking every little gram. Um, I even packed my food for weddings, and people were like, but isn't couldn't you just order the chicken? You know, the chicken's healthy, isn't it? And I would I would respond in that, yeah, it's healthy, but I need to know exactly what I'm putting in my body to get this last little bit of fat off. And people were looking at me like I was nuts because I was already super lean. Um it, it became an obsession. There's a difference, let me reiterate, there's a difference between discipline and self-control and obsession. and it's and it's in the mind and, and in the spirit. That's the difference. I'd become obsessed with perfection just like I had when I was a gymnast and had gained some weight after an injury. Um, my body was becoming an idol. If you look back on my Instagram feed from back then, you guys will see all it was, was bunch of selfies and I left it out there. I thought I could, I should take those down, but I have them up still. And to show that I am not perfect. I struggle with this too. I battle it every day. I have to pray about it all the time because I'm out here talking about this and trying my hardest to do better. It doesn't mean I'm not tempted. Um, It's. And I don't slip. It's it's a very slippery slope, and one we definitely want to avoid at all costs. Idolizing our workouts, even constantly thinking about them and planning them, doing two a days, and what have you. Um, exercise bulimia is a term that is used to describe using exercise to kind of negate how much we've eaten. Idolizing our food, and even again, idolizing our own bodies. Let me take this time to say, too, that God has been so good, when is he not, on this journey of showing me what true self-control and self-discipline are and the difference between obsession. He's been so good at revealing that to me. When it comes down to it, there's no person on this earth, no sport, no clothing size, no bathing suit, though, nothing, no vacation. That's going to be enough. Your, your spouse, your, your coach, your friends your family photos, none of those things are going to be enough to sustain lifelong change. I'm sorry, because we've all had periods of time where we fall back into bad habits and then it spirals and then we gain the weight back. None of that's going to be enough to sustain lifelong change. So if you are trying to lose weight and again, you want to feel good and look good, my married people out there and for your spouse and you want to keep that attraction in the marriage. And we're going to talk about marriage in a future episode too. So, um, let's table that discussion, but doing it for your spouse alone is not going to be enough to sustain lifelong change. You need to look inward and then upward. You need to look inward and upward at the same time. (laughs) Only God can sustain you. Only God can give you the supernatural strength to make the changes in your life that you need to make in order to take better care of yourself, okay? Um, To glorify him in the way that you take care of your body, the temple of the Holy Spirit, it's his strength first and always. We need his discipline like a father disciplines a child. Um, Going back to self-control, my most recent battles I've faced in the last few years seem to be one of self-control. And again, I don't know anyone that, doesn't battle this throughout their entire lives when it comes to their health. Ephesians 5 29 says after all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church. And this is what we need to pay attention to. We need to feed and care for our bodies. Like Christ does the church. And I realized uh, somewhere along the line that God was watching me destroy my body the last few years with food and alcohol. Um, And that was like watching our own kids putting their hand on a hot stove. Mom's dad's where you at or an iron that we told them 10 times. Do not touch this. You are going to get hurt. (laughs) Y'all know what I'm talking about. Do not touch that hot stove. Do not touch it. Do not touch that iron. Do not stick your fingers in the electric socket. I truly felt like God was saying to me, what daughter, why are you doing this yourself? You know that these things will in no way lead to good. Seek me. Where you're weak, when you are weak, I'm strong. Okay, that's why I, that was the conviction I felt the last couple of years. Second Corinthians 12, 9 through 10 says, My grace is sufficient for you, My for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. Power. I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions and in difficulties. For when I am for when I am weak, then I am strong and you're strong in him. When I was using nightcaps and binge drinking to control the onset of the panic attacks that I was talking about in episode one, I felt a true discernment every time I would pray for deliverance from those attacks. I was like, I felt like God was showing me that alcohol only made the anxiety worse, especially the day after having a few drinks. And um actually, my doctor had told later told me this was due to a rebound effect in the brain chemicals, serotonin and dopamine and alcohol alters that in your body. And then the next day, um, your body tries to rebound and rebalance because they're all out of whack. And I knew God wanted me to get my health in order because his love for me was so great. And his purpose and calling for my life was even greater. He's like, you are not done. You cannot lay down and and just call it quits. And while the temptations were and are always going to be there and going back to those coping mechanisms, that temptation of drinks and then followed by snacking endlessly at midnight, that temptation is always going to be there. Okay. But it's never too much for God as long as I lean on him and him first. Amen. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. We all face, this says we all face the same temptations and God is faithful. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. He will always provide a way out. And he did. His strength. And I went to the doctor. I altered my nutrition intake, all with his strength to to even call the doctor. I hate going to the doctor. I started running again. And if you listen to episode one, I turned off my heart rate function on my watch so that I actually trusted for God to take care of my body. Because when I would notice that little tick in heart rate up or down, and it was, you know, these things aren't 100% accurate, I would start freaking out. And I was like, you know what? It's my time to go. God's calling me home. It's my time to go. I trust you, God, with my body. Okay. What cravings, fleshly desires, and idols or coping mechanisms with food and alcohol does he want to deliver you, deliver you from today? What does he want to deliver you from today? I'm going to pause. If you want to journal or think about it for a second. And before we close, I know so many people are wondering, well, Liz, what types of foods are we supposed to eat? Um, should we avoid certain foods? What if we eat them once in a while? That's the question I get. And this is an answer started giving people who came to me for nutrition advice about 12 or 13 years ago. If God put it on this earth, eat it. If it's grown from the ground or from a tree, right? eat it. If it's from one of the animals he put on this earth for us to rule over, eat it. This is a um, biblical way that those of us in the health and fitness industry would say, get your fibrous, green, leafy vegetables in first, fruits and vegetables, whole grains. Um, If you can grow it or raise it on your own so you know exactly where it comes from, you know what chemicals are are or not being used, and that's even better. Shop the perimeter of the grocery store is another way to say it. <laughs> another way to say choose the things God put on this earth. And then move inward. Another thing I tell people is if it has more than five ingredients in its package, I would seriously consider avoiding it. And now this doesn't mean forever and always, okay? I will continue to preach balance till the day I die and not letting what. Um, or the way you eat become an obsession because again then it becomes an idol but keep it in your house on a regular basis eh, probably not the best idea when you're first starting out trying to work on your nutrition i'd also recommend tracking your nutrition i mentioned my fitness pal and my macros plus earlier they both have free versions so that you can get an idea of how much you're eating and also if you're getting enough, um, macronutrients, so fiber, vitamins, minerals, et cetera. After a couple of weeks of doing this, tracking your food, you should have an idea of where you are at and what your weight has been doing so that you can adjust accordingly. Then so if you're eating, um, I don't know, 1800 calories with 140 grams coming from protein, let's say uh, 165 grams coming from carbs and about 60, 65 grams of fat, and you're losing weight, well, then you know you're in a good spot. Um, if you're maintaining, you know, you might need to cut back a little bit, or even you might need to increase, you don't know. Um, and if you're gaining, clearly you got to cut back a little bit more. Um, again, be cognizant of it becoming an obsession. I will say this over and over, balance. If you need help adjusting your goal nutrition intake or, um, you know, you just don't know where to start and you really need some accountability and some help in getting your life uh, changes started, our Living Well Health Coaching Program launches this January. I'm super excited about it because it's not just eat this, do this. It's a total... Um, Behavior change well coaching program and guidance in this area as part of the coaching program. And I'm just, we're thrilled to be given the opportunity to help guide you through uh, behavior change uh, coaching that matches our biblical values and principles. Um, Okay, so another tip I give people is avoid things that are laden in saturated fats and sugars, particularly high fructose corn syrup. These should be avoided if and when possible. Again, balance, balance, balance. Depriving yourself can only lead to a more destructive path, more obsession, more idolatry. And that's the only thing you focus on, right? If I told you, do not, under any circumstances, think of a bright pink elephant standing on a balance beam in a tutu, what's the first thing you think about, right? So if you're just thinking, oh, cheese fries, that's that's one of my Achilles heels, (laughs) cheese fries with bacon and ranch and all the details. That's the first thing my mind is going to want and crave. It's like, Lord, help me to avoid Outback at all costs. (laughs) Another thing Another reason I should say you may want to avoid these foods and ingredients is because these foods trigger your body's inflammatory processes, uh, which leads to discomfort, swelling, water retention, all those yucky things. I mean, cancers um, you're at higher risk for cancers. and and again, alcohol is one of those things, okay? It is literally toxic to your body. So those are the a couple tips I wanted to leave you guys with. If God put it on this earth, That's where a majority of your nutrition intake should come from. Let me close in prayer. Father, we give you thanks and praise today. I thank you for this listener. I thank you for the words you've given me to speak to them. Be with them today. Help them to realize they are fearfully and wonderfully made. You make no mistakes. We know this. God, I ask you to help this listener. Realize that there's no such thing as perfect other than your son, Jesus. It's in his name we are praying and asking you to give us the strength to avoid any and all temptations when they come our way. Lord, I pray that you help us us realize when certain behaviors such as overindulgence or exercise become an idol in our lives. Help your child to find balance. We give you all the glory, all the honor and all the praise forever and ever. Amen. God bless you guys. Have an incredible week. They won't let me be. will you me, free? Pray on me Pray this on me. Pray on me. Let me go. Let me go. I've been going through so much. I swear these people let my go. That's on me. That's on mama. Soon. Oh my mama. I can't take no more. So miss me with that drama. Get your commas. Get your racks straight. Get your facts straight. I rise up on them like the tax rate Keep my past straight, never lack faith God been working, they gon' have to hold me back, man And tell them, tell, em, tell em. You can pick a side if you wanna You already know who I bro with You don't want no problems with me Get these shackles off my feet